Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan C. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. On today's show, we have Swish. This kid's 19 years old, and you know, I got to say, he reminds me so much of myself, but he's he's way ahead of the game. He's doing so many great things. Right now, he's studying at the University of Toronto. He's a serial tech entrepreneur and innovator, a UN youth ambassador, a Huffington Post contributor. Uh, he's LinkedIn, LinkedIn campus editor, uh, early stage tech investor. I mean, this kid, even a TEDx speaker, he's doing some big things. He's even consulting with some Fortune 500 companies. He's also working, and he's a, a venture capitalist. He's going out and, and uh, finding deals to invest in. I mean, I could go on for days. Like he's literally doing so many different things, and uh, he just got Canada's top twenty under twenty. But we did something different today. We did. We actually created this in a show he could use for his platform and mine. And we interviewed each other. We went back and forth. It was like a conversation. I really enjoyed this. I hadn't done this in a long time. And we go into some great stuff. We talk about the struggles that entrepreneurs have, and specifically at a young age. And also, I even talk about the future. Though I believe automation is something everybody should be implementing in their business if they want to stay ahead. And some of the obstacles we're going to see with our generation and technology. And I go into some of the things that I'm doing specifically in my business and some of the things I'm working on. And Swish goes over everything he's going on now and uh, even talks about potentially even becoming prime minister one day. Great show. Two entrepreneurs talking. Two young entrepreneurs. He's a little younger. He's 19 years old. I'm 27. Uh, but uh, it's just cool to see. I really enjoy this. I think you're going to enjoy this too. Before we jump into this show, I want you to go over and check out our website, livetogrind.com. And as you notice, we've changed our branding around. We have Live to Grind podcast show now. Uh, University of Young Entrepreneurs went to Live to Grind. We have the TV show Live to Grind. And now we do our influencer accelerator programs. So if you want to check out our website, our new website at livetogrind.com, and also check out our influencer accelerator program, we just added in, we just added in our Influencer Accelerator Academy, so that's brand new. Um, if you want to go over and check that out, and if you do end up purchasing it, let me know, and uh, actually send me a Snapchat at btadams18, and tell me you, you ordered it, you got it, and ask for your special gift, and you got to snap me though, you got to personally snap me, and I'll message you back, and I'll let you know what it is, so check all that out, and again, that's uh, livetogrind.com. So let's jump right into the show with my buddy Swish. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. On today's show, we have Swish. Swish, what's up, man? Not too much. How are you, bud? Hey, I... uh. I'm doing good. You know, you and I just uh, got connected here by Jennifer Spencer, uh, what was it, last week, and got talking, and you got a show, well, obviously I got a show, and we thought, why not we just do a conversation together, and we, two birds and one stone, just get it done here, <laughs> and turn something yep. awesome out of it, and, and just kind of talk as entrepreneurs, because, I mean, you've done some cool stuff, man. I mean, you're only 19 years old. You are a true young entrepreneur from Toronto, Canada. And I mean, you got yourself into some cool stuff with the tech industry. You're you're helping find investments. You you are what the world's youngest venture capitalist. I mean, dude, like the stuff you do. I, I'm reading through your bio, and it just blows my mind. You're even consulting with Fortune 500 companies. Let me let me ask you first, because then we'll go into questions. You can ask me questions, go back and forth. Like, how does somebody at 19 years old even get put in that position? Like, wh- where did you get started? Did your dad train you? Did did he bring you up? Like, how did you even get in to be in this position at 19? Definitely. So, yeah, firstly, thanks for having me on. Thanks for, you know, agreeing to do something like this. Um, you know, given the fact that I am 19, it's, it's incredibly <laughs> empowering to have someone like you accept to do something like this. But, no, I mean, I, I think entrepreneurship is something that I was geared towards from a very young age. 
Um, and it's something that eventually my parents realized and went all in to support me, um, especially my mom emotionally and my dad professionally. So, I mean, my dad has been instrumental in being able to gain, give me some legitimacy behind some of the ventures that I started. Um, he currently runs a company called Black & Beach, which is an oil and gas company. Um, and it's an international firm now. And so I think some of the companies that I've been able to start, he's been able to get me in contact with companies he's done business with for years now. He's been in business for about 30 plus years and yeah. has formed great connections. And it's, you know, at the same time, many people might call it out for being like nepotism or, you know, like, oh, you're being favored. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, my dad would set the meeting up, but it was all me when it came to convincing people that I was the real deal dude, and that I had something to provide. Yeah. You did. I, I get it. I, my dad, I was in that same boat because my dad, uh, he helped me at the beginning. I mean, he's an entrepreneur and he, uh, in 1986, he started a packaged ice company which uh, he's a distributor of Arctic Glacier Ice, which is big in Canada, actually originated mm -hmm. in Canada. But uh, so I I grew up in that business. He taught me everything. I ended up buying that out. But I would hear too, like, oh, your daddy gave you the business or whatever else bullshit they came up with. But no, like he would help me. But I had a, I didn't do a lot on my own. I learned a lot. And I think some people, they give that insight. He's like, for you, there's a lot of things you had to do. I mean, you, we were both lucky to have, a mentor at a young age to be able to teach us things, but at the end of the day, we have to, we have to make our own path, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I think the one thing that really struck me about your path in particular too is it's very similar in the sense of you were you weren't complacent during your years before university and during university, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, 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 I of course, you know, know that you graduated from Iowa State. But you, you had a product of your own when you were, you know, in Iowa State as well, right? Do you want to do you want to tell us yeah. all about that? Yeah. yeah. So for me, so I graduated Iowa State what back in 2012. Yeah, 12. Holy shit, time flies. <laughs> um, yeah, 2012. So I got there in 2008, and I went through school, and I wasn't. My GPA was low. I got blow a 2.0. I I wasn't because I wasn't really. My mind wasn't there for what we were doing. And there were certain classes once I got to my last year that really interest me because I get to pick more like management classes and entrepreneurship and all that. But where things really changed me and I think where any college student should think about is at college you have access to all these like free sp these speakers, these events and, and all these different things. And it was one speech or presentation I went to and the, the speaker was Cactus Jack Berenger. And I saw that he was a millionaire that invented products. He'd been on Shark Tank. He had made a deal with Barbara Corkin and uh, Kevin Harrington. And mm -hmm. I went, and I was blown away. I loved his presentation. And at the end, he told everybody to go to the book Thinking Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I ended up going to read that book. And that book changed my life. It changed how I thought. And me, have you read it? So no, I haven't. No, I haven't. That should be like your to-do today. You should go to Audible. You should download it and listen mm -hmm. to it. But no, the book uh, changed my mindset and it made me realize like I could achieve anything I want in life if I believed I could. And it wasn't until like a year later going into my last year of college, I – on the ice route working my dad's business, I was delivering ice and I wanted a way to um, – it was a hot day and my drink got warm. And I could have like used obviously bags of ice to keep it cold, but on the, on the go, I wanted something that could fit easily into my drink to keep it colder longer and also to flavor it. So that day I came up with the idea Arctic Stick, a uh, product that will fit in any size, regular size bottle beverage and it'll cool and flavor your drink and uh, mm. end up taking that to Iowa State University. And then fast forward three and a half years, I got it to market after uh, spending about a hundred grand and I mean, it sells on Amazon now, but that's not kind of what defined my whole future. That whole process is what I learned from. And I learned marketing. I learned marketing really well. I learned how to market my own product. I learned crowdfunding because I had crowdfunded my own product. And then I, I found a passion for helping other people raise money. We've raised $1.5 in the last year. And then through that, I found out really what I liked is the power of TV, video. I love creating videos. And now, I mean, I have... A TV show, Ambitious Adventures, where we travel the country, interview the top entrepreneurs, and then also I'm now 
just announced I'm doing my own personal TV show called Live mm-hmm. to Grind, just like this podcast show, to show to show myself in the grind, like everything I do every day that people don't see. So the whole moral, that whole story with the product is I, I stuck with something. And in college, I mean, if you're about to get out of college or you're out of college, wherever you are in life, stick with something. And it may not be your whole life plan, but the thing is when you stick with something and you keep going with it, along the way, you're going to figure out the things that you really love to do and opportunities going to present themselves and eventually things will fall in place. It's like they say, when you start, you set a goal and your journey is going to be all over the place and where it ends up may not be where you plan, but at least you get towards that end destination. So like I got to where I wanted to go, but it's one in a totally different route than I ever planned. So I think we're always adapting and reinventing ourselves. So I think some good tips for you, Swish. I mean, you know a lot at your age, but just moving forward, I mean, you're 19. Mm-hmm. Heck, when I was when I was 19, I wasn't even thinking straight. But like when I was <laughs> 21, I started thinking straight. And then when I got 25, I was a little more knowledgeable. And now in the past like two years, I've really I'm still learning every day. But like I've I've got an even better grasp on things. For you, you're doing the right things, and as you're going 100 miles per hour and you're becoming the best of this stuff, like along the way, you're gonna find out what your true passion is. And then you're going to run with it. And that's for anybody. And that's what I did. And now I'm honored to say I'm in the position I am right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think the key thing, you know, just note there is, at least for me, growing up and looking around at other people my age, I felt that a lot of us felt that life was programmed. Like it was, it was like you pick a path and you immediately expect what is going to happen and you know at age 20 this happens age 25 this happens at age 30 this happens and for so many people my age at the even like slightest change of plans they freak out they yeah. don't know how to adapt they, they this isn't part of the plan and i think a lot of what i really love about my life is i like to call it unconventional like i'm following a path that's unconventional even though i wish it was a conventional lifestyle The fact is I love the fact that I'm able to dictate every day of my life. I'm dictating every month of my life, how it looks like, who I meet, what I do. And I think that's extremely empowering. And I mean, definitely, like that piece of advice just resonates so greatly with me because I know that there's a ton of people who are 19 or who are 20, 21, 22 who are just scared because they feel like they're lost because they didn't go because life didn't go as planned. Where and I think I think you bring up some really good points there. I mean, I guess a huge similarity than we have is our care for young entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. I mean, both of us being young entrepreneurs, like what do you see as some of the hurdles for young entrepreneurs in particular? Yeah. So, I mean, even more so, I mean, there's there's great opportunity in this time that we live in, but also there'll be, there'll be more of where people need to adapt and adaptability is needed. Like so many people, they, 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 and this is why a lot of people work in their nine to five job is because they like the comfortable, the safety net, and they, mm-hmm. in and they, they the thought of they they think we're crazy. The thought of actually leaving a safe job where they get a regular paycheck to go out and try to figure things out on their own and not know where the next paycheck is like scares the hell out of them for some people. But for me, what scares the hell out of me would be being in a safety net and just doing the same thing for the rest of my life and never knowing what that adventure would be like. So I guess uh, for for young entrepreneurs, so for struggles, what they can see for obstacles is one, you need to, I almost say you need to figure out how to create a, what's the word, a system. You need to create something that can be in place because, I mean, with our technology, I don't know how much you study Swish, but like automation is big and Elon Musk talks about this and look at Uber. I mean... Just give you a great example. So Uber has changed the whole industry. Now with Uber, taxis are, I mean, the business isn't going so well for them. Uber is the point where I can press the button. Like last time I used Uber, I pressed the button and Uber is here in two minutes. And mm-hmm. you you take that away and literally they can take you to your next location. Well, well, the next step is what happens when Uber no longer do they need drivers? They have autonomous cars, which is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to happen. 
And at that point, you don't need any more taxi drivers. Look at all the jobs are gone. But what about the point where when we have these cars that can drive you anywhere and you can get them in a moment's notice, why would you even need a car anymore? What's the point of having a car? At that point, you don't need parking space because these vehicles will never park. What will you do with the parking ramps? All the parking ramps that are in these cities and you don't need a parking space because the cars are always going and they'd go in different locations. So what would you do then? And then the next step is like even going further, it's it's like you lose all these jobs and everything else. You don't even need insurance at that point. We wouldn't even yeah. need so, – so you see where this is going and most people are like, oh my god, this is going to – ruin our economy and take it all down and uber's horrible well uber's not horrible they're just reinventing and this has been happening for for years i mean when one thing comes the next thing goes i mean just look like um you look like what netflix did netflix took block was a blockbuster i can't even remember the name but like all these stores and videos like wiped them out but now you have netflix i mean everything's evolving but where i'm getting at is as an entrepreneur now figure out how to automate something Figure out, see what Uber did and do your own kind of Uber or create something that is automatable. And that is one thing you got to be looking for here in the future for entrepreneurship, automation, and then also learning how to adapt. We, we got to learn to adapt. But my best advice for an entrepreneur right now and what I called all in is create content. If you have a business or whatever it is you're offering of value, you need to put yourself out there because – if people don't know about you, they're not going to give you money. And for me, one big thing I'm I'm doing switch is I'm creating video every single day. I'm putting out video. I'm doing Snapchat. I'm doing podcast shows. I'm creating all kinds of content so people can see me and I can get myself out there. Which is which is incredible. You know, I mean, I think too many people tend to have one of two problems. A, they don't have substance behind what they're doing and they try to put themselves out there and have a voice when they don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, or B, I mean, they have an incredible life. They have an exciting life. They have a number of great things they can be proud of, but they're too scared to put themselves out there because of what other people might think, you know? So yeah, good yeah, on you, man. No, that me. is true. I mean, but why? Yeah. Why Swish? Why should – so they're afraid to put themselves out there, but like wouldn't mm. you rather just put yourself out there and start somewhere? For me, like when I started, I mean I'll talk about like for me. When I when mm-hmm. I people are afraid to go in front of camera, people are afraid to speak in front of stages. When when I was a child, when I was well younger, like I think like eight to ten years old, I had a speech impediment. I had a lisp. I couldn't speak right, and mm-hmm. I was I I didn't let that overcome me. I knew I wanted to become a great speaker, and you know what I did is I practiced in front of the mirror. I spoke in front of crowds, and then. I overcame the obstacle and now I'm a great speaker in front of – people think, what? No, you had a speech impediment? Yeah, I did. But I overcame that. And yes, when I've been on some of my first speaking gigs, like I was scared shitless. I was scared mm-hmm. to do that. I was scared to go in front of the camera. But I knew if it scared me, I had to overcome that fear and take it head on. And then once I did that, I felt better about myself and I got better. And for you out there in business and I think another thing, people don't have – they're organized plan yet for their business. And I did it when I started crowdfunding. When I first started getting into crowdfunding, I thought it was going to be a crowdfunding like program where we would analyze your campaign and we'd give you a checklist from one to 10, like how good it was, which that didn't work at all. And we didn't get paid any money for that. Then we realized, well, what people really wanted was they wanted you to help create the whole campaign and assist with it. And we did that. And we didn't charge enough and then we learned by losing money and then we, we did it again. We charged more and then finally we got to the point where we know exactly what we need to charge and what campaigns to take on and which ones to say no to. I mean we'll even say no to people that want to give us money. So I, I learned through all that process. So nothing – it's no different than when you speaking or our certain business. You just need to start and do it. You need to do it and then you need to learn along the way and adapt again. And make your tweaks and it's not going to be perfect at the beginning. I think everybody, they're perfectionists and want everything to be just right. Well, it won't be. The best way to learn how to make it, I guess the best way, closest way to perfect is just do it, make mistakes, tweak them mistakes, learn from it and make it better. And that's how I've ever looked on any business now. Like we got to start. We along the way, we know we're going to have to make changes and eventually it's going to be, it's going to get to where we want it to be. So for Mm -hmm. anybody out there that's afraid of, for one, 
going and giving a speech or going and go in front of the camera, like it's not going to be perfect the first time. You go and look back at my videos on YouTube. I got some just horrible videos out there. And and for business, like at the beginning, I'm here to tell you, like it took me some businesses. I couldn't figure out how to make money for months at a time, heck, even over a year. And then there's some businesses where they failed. They didn't work out. But that failure or that business track record led me to end up doing a different thing. And I use that knowledge from that one failure to help me in my next venture that made me money. So just a good tip for any entrepreneurs getting out there. You just got to start. Just start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love it. So for you, man, so like for what you've done so far at 19, what have you learned from the mistakes you made and put yourself out there? You know, I, I think a it's, I think it's people's role to talk. I think people will always talk. You know, we're I think we're naturally afraid growing up of of doing things that not separate us, but make us look like a target almost, right? So I mean, it's interesting you brought up having speech impediment. Like I I still have issues with the lisp, but my my issues with the lisp I never actually went through any sort of bullying when I was younger or anything like that. So I was extremely you know grateful as well as you know, I guess, unique in the sense of I still, however, remember that there were people with impediments in my schools who were absolutely, you know, gone after and targeted and all of that. And for me, I think it only became in high school when I went through debate, um, when I joined the national team in Canada and represented my country at Worlds and did really well there that I kind of realized that I think what's more important is not how you say something, but what you say. It, um, it is what you say, but you embrace it though. But, exactly. But yeah. So you, I mean, I know there's two sides of this. And for me, I actually, I was at an event where a guy, he stutters and he mm-hmm. embraces it and he, that's just, he lets people know about it and that's fine. I, and for, for you, for having a list, like you can, I mean, you can still overcome it. And I'm, I, from a guy that have done it, but you can still like that doesn't define you. I mean, no, it doesn't define you at all because we're having this conversation here. But I mean, if you wanted to get to the point where you completely didn't have that, I mean, I, I know how to do that. But I mean, it's it's just what works for you. What is what you want that makes you the best person in your mind? You know exactly. Yeah, and so I mean, that's why honestly, had you not brought that up, I you know I wouldn't have brought it up either. You know, like I I don't think we're both defined by having an impediment in the past. However, I mean, I think it's good to point out in terms of you know from an inspiration standpoint for people out there who continue to suffer from these impediments. It's incredibly rewarding to be able to hear that there are people who've either overcome it or people who've still made it despite having it. You and, know, and that's a, and that's a, you know, that's the reason why I say that too is because I some people and and for you, you're not afraid. You go up and speak and you go on stage and you give the presentation. For me, like I, I didn't let that impediment stop me. And I, for me, like just for me overcoming it, I just overcame the impediment and just went up and spoke. But. I show that to people because people make excuses why they can't speak or they're not a great speaker. Mm-hmm. For me to show them like, hey, I did it. You can do it too. Like you are in a better position than I was, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I mean the thing about speaking, however, is like again, I think it goes back to the principle I said earlier, which is you know, you could be the greatest speaker of all time, right? Like you could have the charisma of Gary Vaynerchuk and the straight up like you know, absolute beauty in terms of, you know, your speaking talent as, you know, some sort of philosopher, you know, coming off and spitting rhymes and doing incredible things. But if you don't have any message or substance behind all of that, it's not going to be interpreted properly. People aren't going to like it. So for me early on, I, I learned to grasp onto narratives. I learned to grasp onto stories. I learned to grasp onto lessons that I've learned and putting them out there. And I mean, you know, just going back then to that question, there's, there's two key things I've learned in, in putting myself out there. Uh, the first is the people who are going to talk shit about you will talk shit about you either way. Yep. You know, they will. They're, they're, they're either going to be talking shit about you out loud behind your back or they're going to do it behind your back, but they won't do it out loud. And they're going to be having these feelings of jealousy and greed and envy all in their mind. And it's not something that you're going to be able to change. If anything, how you're going to be able to change their minds is through your actions every day, through going after your goal and inspiring them to do the same. So I, I really do think that that 
you know, key thing about putting yourself out there is so many people fear the backlash. I mean, if you have a supportive family, if you know that you're doing the right thing, if the people closest to you don't care and actually appreciate what you're doing, that's all that matters. The people who you're trying to cater to sometimes aren't even important in your life. And I don't know why we care about them or give them even more value than they deserve. The second thing I think in putting yourself out there is, you know, putting yourself out there definitely can 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 allow you to just open so many doors up, man. Like actually just so many doors have opened up as a as a result of me putting myself out there for the last two years, you know. Being able to have this interview with you, for example, you know, just being able to consult with companies that you know were in my wildest dreams when I was 14 and 15 years old. Being able to be able to speak at various events, including you know going to the United Nations and giving a talk on social entrepreneurship. Right? I mean, all of these things come only when you put yourself out there, and you don't have to put yourself out there as like the world's leading expert on blank, like many people do. But what I mean by putting yourself out there is making people know what you're interested in, what you're passionate in, and more importantly, what you're doing to solve the issues that you lay out. That's what putting yourself out there actually means in my mind. Dude, we are we are so like um, you you're you hit it right on the head. Uh, it's like for where you're. I'm excited for you for where you're at 19 because you put yourself out there ahead of the game than what I did, and that's the thing. Just going out there and going after it and people think it's going to come to you. It's not going to. And the best opportunities come when you just go after I mean I, just a couple of examples. Uh, I ended up putting an event on in Des Moines, Iowa called the Young Entrepreneur Convention. And mm-hmm. I created that and when I first started. Like Everybody's laughing at me like how are you going to create an event in Iowa? And I did and I made it – at that time, I was the largest event. We had 500 people there, entrepreneurs all over. And I even got people like Kevin Harrington – and and Ken Shamrock, John Lee Dumas, Jeff Hoffman of Priceline, all these people at the event, speakers. And I had Greg Roulette, another person speak there. And Greg talked about putting yourself out there. He's like, Hey, why don't you come down to Florida and why don't you why don't you come down and we'll do a, a four hour master class together. We'll teach crowdfunding. And part of me is like, ah, I got to go all the way to Florida on my own dime. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the reasons why I shouldn't do it came to mind. But then I said, screw it. I did it. And I end up after the crowdfunding class, we end up making the partnership to crowdfund and create our own TV show, Ambitious Adventures. And we traveled the country and created season one. And it, we just had here three weeks to go the premiere on the big screen and great show. And now this Friday – um, actually two days I'm speaking with Jeff Hoffman who, who founded Priceline and he loves the show and hopefully he's going to help us take it to that next level. And it's because I put myself out there just from that one instance. Another time, uh, when I met with Kevin Harrington, I had uh, a call from a friend. They said, Hey, uh, there's an event tomorrow in Tampa, Florida. And I was in Iowa at the time. And I have a chance for you if you want to get a 30-minute ride with Kevin Harrington to talk business or just uh, be able to spend time with him. I'm like, sweet. I'm in. I got my plane ticket. The next morning, I got on a plane and I went there. Mm -hmm. And he ended up picking my brain and we ended up doing a partnership together to crowdfund a book and put a shark in your tank, which we crowdfunded it. And then we ended up making an Amazon best-selling book. uh, And I got to contribute in the book. But that happened because I put myself out there. And again, it's these opportunities where people think you're crazy. What you need to do because when you go out there and do things, I swear, it's like you're going to get rewarded. It's like you're getting tested. And then once yeah. you, you do, it, and one thing leads to another and then all of a sudden you get enough relationships. It's a domino effect. So always, always, always be putting yourself out there because when you put yourself out there, it just takes one person to see you to change your life or help you get to where you want to go. And isn't that exciting though? Like, and I was thinking about that, you know, last week is, you know, sending out a single tweet, you know, putting out a single email, you know, doing one single speaking engagement could honestly change your life. It could open up an opportunity that you never saw coming. And that's exciting. I love that. I love that feeling of being able to have so much control over my life that, you know, the actions that I'm doing could map to something even greater. So, it's just, it's just, you know, like, I, I don't know, like these type of moments always make me feel very blessed to be where I am. 
But more importantly, I think at the same time, they make me very optimistic of the future specifically, which, you know, I mean, for you, like right now, you know, the, the things that you're doing are absurd, you know, like you're doing just an incredible amount of things and you're doing them at the highest level. I mean, how do you continuously stay as driven as you are right now? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. So for me, I I do have a lot of things going on and I uh, certainly I have a long ways to go. I mean, I'm I I love I love what I'm doing. I seriously do. I love the the video. I love creating videos. I love now that we have a PR firm. Uh, that's that's awesome because it helps get publicity. You can get publicity. You have leverage for other endeavors. Uh, but the way for me to be able to manage this, and I got asked this yesterday. I was on a couple podcast shows, and it's for one, you got to have passion for what you do. And when you have mm-hmm. passion for you what you do, it's no longer like considered something you dread doing. It just it's mastering your craft. And for me, sometimes I need to tell myself to shut down because I love it so much. Like I could work nonstop, like, but we need to sleep, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah. but it's finding balance. And I guess, and for me, I'm, I'm always a uh, big thing is time management. So I will, on my day, I'll set out what I need to get done and I'll dedicate my time to doing it. And every day I'll set a goal for that day. I'll set a goal for that week. I'll set a goal for the month and year and 10 years. So I know where I'm going and I'm only taking up things that get me closer to that goal. So that's one thing. And a team is everything. Like I couldn't do this without a team and I have multiple teams. So I have a team that with our big event coming up, Young Entrepreneur Convention in April, we have a team of people that one does social media, one does like working with the speakers. I do the sponsorship and we have interns that are going out and selling tickets. Like we have a team doing that. I couldn't do all that. Uh, for our company Live to Grind and now our magazine and everything else. Like I have a team that does – I mean I have a guy that already publishes magazine magazines and he's been on my team for five years. And now he um, is publishing our magazine. Like I have people mm-hmm. that support my back end and we have a system in place and it's almost like I said before automation. So we have a system in place. I know what I suppose, I'm supposed to do which is to go on podcast shows, to create podcast shows, to create videos – and to do build relationships and, and do sales. And the team, like the other stuff I don't really like to do, the logistical things, the writing and all that, they do. So I just, I'm able to do this at a high level because I have a team. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. I am able to do this because I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. So when you have passion, you, you drive further. And I know what my goal is. Like I, my goal is I want to impact 1 billion lives in a positive way and I want to do that in the next three years. I originally said by December 31st, 2029, which is when I turned 40, but then I had somebody challenge me, do it, try to do it faster and then your mind will change. And So I want to impact people in a positive way and I want to do that through video so people seeing my video from my, my events, everything else, but also I want to become a billionaire by 40 and knowing that, again, that scares people to say that. Because they think that's crazy and that's not possible, but the crazy ones are the ones that actually make it happen. And for me, once I know that's what I want, I only do things that get me towards that goal. But also, when I know that's a big goal, it puts my ass in gear because I know I literally have to like be working smart and using the best of my time. And then it makes me rethink things like, hey, maybe let's go party all weekend and and go do that well okay is that getting me closer to my goal am i so what could i be doing on that weekend that would be getting me closer so last weekend i finished up my book and i i worked on some more videos because that was getting me close to my goal instead of going out so it's that that's what keeps me going at a level high level i guess and that's what keeps me just passionate about what I do, I, knowing the things I have to achieve and what I've told the world I'm going to do, and I'm a man of my word. Now I just got to ensure I do it. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So for you, what is your goal? What what is what are you looking to do? I mean, you may not know now in 19, but like, what are some of the things you're working on now for goals you want to achieve? Definitely. I mean, what I normally do is I I I have one overarching goal, and then I like setting daily goals. I don't really have like an intermediary step there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for me, the overarching goal is, is to make an impact on the greatest number of people. It always has been. And I think, for me, I've just viewed life as very much, you know, 
uh, an ability for us to express ourselves. And for many people, that expression can be in the form of music. It can be in the form of art. For me, it, it's in the form of business, right? And entrepreneurship is like my vehicle to making an impact on others. So I hope to be able to do that in, in various capacities, definitely. You know, I'm not the type of person who believes in having one career. You will um, do that. And I, you, you will. Yeah. Don't say oh. hope. Hope is bullshit. You will right. do that. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will do that. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the, the big thing, I love that hope is bullshit. I love that. I'm going to write that. But yeah. <laughs> I, I love when people are like, I hope I do this. I wish I could do this. Yeah. No, that's bullshit. You're going to do it. <laughs> no, I love that. And just that, in the, and just like the change of words has such a different message. I love it. Yeah, it does, um, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I you know, I will live like a, a multi-hyphenate career, right? Having various aspects of my career, whether it be investing or speaking or writing or building businesses. But eventually, I hope to. I sorry, not hope. My bad. I will. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I will. The autograph. Now you're now you're gonna like next time you say hope, you're gonna be like, oh shit, where's Brandon at? On my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I will. I will get into politics eventually, and Why? it's something. I'm just curious. Know, yeah, because honestly, I think business is great. I think business is non-discriminatory. I think business is for everyone. But I think politics is something that you can enact the greatest amount of change in the shortest amount of time. At least that's my my belief. I think right now politicians aren't doing that. That's a whole different matter. But I genuinely do believe that politicians. Are given a bad rep, and I want to change that. So and do you, you want know, to I'm become not, a governor or a senator, or what do you want to do? I mean, the highest level of everything, right? So, I mean, you know, if I if I had to run for anything, it would obviously be for, for prime minister or candidate. But at the, at the same time, however, you know, I'm 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 very content being a businessman and also being like the city councilor. Like that's fine to me. You know, as long as I have an ability to influence the lives of other people around me, especially people that I care. About that's that's what matters to me. So the prime minister is equivalent of the president, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. So what yep. are the rules there for for doing that? Like, do you have to be a certain age? Uh, what are your experience? Like, what are the the stipulations to be able to be that? Yes, I mean, I believe that the age limit the age limit is thirty five, um, which I think is similar. Is it similar to being president? I think that's the same as president. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe that's the age limit. I mean, you have to, of course. Oh no, I think I think it's actually 25 years old, which is 10 years younger. So that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to, of course, get elected from your your particular riding, and you have to be the leader of the party. So basically, it works like you have to be appointed as the leader of blank party. You have to win your individual riding, which is also the same thing as like a district. And once you win that, and once you're given the most seats in parliament. You are the winning party, and more importantly, you become the prime minister from the leader of that party. So, basically, I mean, it's 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 definitely a long road. Just being appointed as the leader of a party is a huge deal. Um, let alone being, you know, that, given the chance to be prime minister. Is parties? Is it like the U.S.? Is it Democrat or Republican? Uh, in a way, very similar. So, I mean, we have the conservative party, which is basically like the Republican party, um, but a little less. You know, I think toned down. Um, we have the Liberal Party, which is very similar to the Democrats, and then we have a couple of offshoot parties. So the New Democratic Party is like, um, I guess, like the Bernie Sanders socialist route. Yeah. The we have the Green Party, which is just pure environmentalist. I think very similar. It's a Green Party in the U.S., right? Jill Stein. Um, I think it's. I just know Democrat, Republican, and maybe conservative. I I don't follow politics too much. I mean, I yeah. I yeah I mean end of the day like yeah I'm in my own world but uh but yeah so my my thoughts for you is for one figure out every detail of what it takes to become the prime minister mm -hmm. and figure out okay if you were prime minister what would be the steps you would have to take to get there so the very last step to get to prime minister what would that be so before that step what would be that step figure out lay out your whole literally your map on how you get there and what points you have to get to and who you have to associate with. And then once you know that, it makes it so much more clear how to get there. And I mean, you can become the prime minister. You literally can. It's just a matter of you committing to it and find out the steps and spending your life doing it. And that's the thing. Like most people, they don't even think that big, but I know you could do it. It's are you willing to do that? And again, over the next five years, is that still going to be something you're going to want to do? I mean, who knows? I don't know if you got a girlfriend, but maybe you find a girlfriend, you get married, or maybe 
you have kids or maybe something happens that no longer is part of your vision, but you very well could get there. Yeah, and I mean, I think one thing entrepreneurship has taught me is to just stop thinking all the time and stop planning and actually going out and doing something, right? Yeah. So, you know, arguably, I think politics could actually frustrate me, given that it takes so much time for things to get done, right? And for a person like me who wants to move really, really quickly, you know, this happened to me in student government as well when I was, you know, grade 12 president of my class is... I just wanted to move really, really quickly on a number of events and projects, but we had to go through bureaucracy and get approvals, and it took freaking forever, and it was just so annoying. But at the same time, you know, I think eventually I want to go down that route just because, you know, if, I, if I'm able to do it at the highest level, which, you know, I definitely believe that I can, um, unless, you know, of course, something changes when I'm 25, 26, and my priorities change, which is natural, again, going back to what we said about adapting – but I, I do believe that I can do the job. I be, do believe that when I get to that age of 30, 31, I'll have a wealth of experience that I can draw upon. And not only that, I'll have a wealth of experience that's rooted in helping people because that's what I want my entrepreneurial career to also be, right? Yeah. For me too, like I've actually thought about doing politics and I know if I wanted to, I could do it. But mm-hmm. I did like you, I don't like the structure like how it takes a long time to do things, but also I don't like how corrupt. And I don't, I, I just don't think it would fit for who I am. And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready to, in my time of my life or any time of my life, be able to try to fit to be what needs to be to do that. Uh, but I do like the reason why I wanted to do that was because making a big impact and just like you. And it's, I mean, if you can communicate, I mean, you look Barack Obama when he's president, I mean, he was just—he was really great communicator. He's really yeah. good. You look at our past presidents; they're great communicators. They can give great uh, speeches, and if you can have the communication down, if you can have the his balls to stand up to people and be able to uh, go after things, you can do it. So I, yeah. I, if I was in Canada, I'd vote for you, man. <laughs> uh, man, God, the amount of people who are outside of Canada because most of my businesses are all you know, with people outside of Canada. Yeah. God, I really need to start roping in more Canadians to, to get on my side <laughs> early on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a few friends that are Canadian. I, I have yet to go to Canada. I will I will hear sometime <laughs> soon. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, have a, I have a question also for you then, which is, and I don't know if you experience this, but, you know, there are times when, you know, you're you're getting, not times, I mean, for, for, for you, it's, it's almost all the time. It's like you're riding success. You're riding success all the way up. You're, you're going up, you're hitting peak after peak after peak. Do you ever have that fear that, you know, maybe next month everything will come crashing down? And if so, like, how do you, how do you mentally prepare yourself for any downfall so, that might come up in the future? So yeah. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not ignorant to think that I'm not going to see obstacles. So like I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, and I need to learn to, uh, celebrate my successes more because I would, I used to be, I mean, I'm still stoked up anytime I go on podcast shows, but like I used to be like really f- like crazy fired up, like, and sometimes I take things for granted because like now having my own TV show and having like a magazine and podcast shows and I can't let it get to my head. I mean, that's the thing. What happens to some successful people is, and even celebrities, they let that shit get to their head and, yeah. and then it kills them and don't ever let it get to your head and don't ever treat anybody as if you're better than them because we all are equal and I don't care if you got a 10 million following or if you have like three friends it doesn't mm-hmm. matter you treat that person as the same person and for me I guess I know that I mean I know that over the years to come I'm going to see some huge fucking obstacles like I'm going to see shit where I, it's going to be tough and whether it's something where something goes wrong or or I mean it's just gonna happen I know that and I'm embracing for that so knowing that when it does happen it'll just be a part of the journey yeah you know and and I think a lot of people need to they need to always be positive think positive and and just keep working off that success and riding that way because it's momentum but also know in the back of your mind like be ready have some kind of plan b or figure out like if you do come across that bridge it's that's burned down and you need to figure another way to get across, you gotta, you gotta be ready for that because some people, they don't prepare themselves for that and it happens and then they fold because they're not used to that. And, and for me, I've seen 
some hell of obstacles along the way. And that's why, like, after having them, like, hey, like, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So everybody should should know that, like, it's a journey. And another thing, and I got a book coming out soon. It's uh, Live to Grind. It's the the journey, not the destination. So <clears throat> basically showing me grind, like, talking about my life and the stories. I've created event. I've created my partner TV show and, and done the crowdfunding and, and done these successes. But also the journey, you know, like – a lot of people, they don't embrace the journey. And for me, a lot of people, what happens is they get so caught up in their end goal. And then some people, they get to their end goal. Or my question to anybody out there, what happens when you, you work so hard, you get to the end goal and you get it and it's like, oh, that's it? This is what it was? I did mm-hmm. all that work? So for me, it's like enjoy your entire journey because that's the whole point of life. You're always on a journey. Even when you get to these goals and even the successes, I'm always on a new journey embrace your journey so then it'll be a lot better along the way and some of the things i did back in like a few years ago and stuff when it was like at that time it seemed like it was tough like when i uh would do trips and i'd sleep in my truck for a week at a time and i would i would literally like i didn't have any much money and i wish i was like oh when when i have more money you know but like i look back in those times honestly i kind of miss some of them times the the simplicity so yeah Again, enjoy the journey and just just know that we're all human. We're going to see obstacles. Just the the difference between a very successful influencer, entrepreneur, and a mediocre average entrepreneur is the the one that successful influencer, they're the ones that no obstacles will come and they don't defy them, they overcome them, and they always come up on top. It's looking at like Elon Musk, or you look at uh, uh, even Steve Jobs, all these people, they had big struggles, but they never let that stop them. Some people, what'll happen is either they'll figure out a solution or they'll make an excuse. I don't make excuses. Make a solution. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's interesting, you you bring up obstacles. I think think a huge part of at least, you know, young entrepreneurs right now is creating obstacles for themselves. And what I mean by that is this weird false perception that some people have towards business that in order for them to be successful, they need to build, you know, like the next Facebook or like the next billion dollar startup, right? Um, where a lot of times they don't, you know, they can they can come out with a business that they start to grow into 100,000, 200,000, maybe even a million in sales and being able to move from there. And, you know, the second thing I think is even like a false perception of what the destination is, you know. A lot of people feel as if in order to be able to be that top 1%, you need to be a millionaire. Wherein, I don't know about the United States, but in Canada, if you want to be at the top 1%, you just have to be earning over 200000 right? I think everything just puts things in a little more perspective for me. Um, where, and I think a lot of young entrepreneurs just put way too much pressure, especially mental stress on themselves, and they put obstacles upon themselves that they don't need to in the first place. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. He, what do you say? If you make, I think in the, if you make over 400,000 a year or whatever, you're in the like 0.001% or something. And right. so many people see what Mark Zuckerberg and, and Gary V, all these people do, and they're like, oh, I want to be that. But the thing is, they don't have patience. They want to be that yesterday. Like they want to get there right away. And they don't realize like, well, it took them years. Like Gary Vaynerchuk did daily videos for Wine Library. It wasn't until like a thousand videos in it started really catching up. And you see these other people like Grant Cardone or Kevin Harrington. They're 40, 50, 60 years old. Like it didn't happen right away. Ty Lopez, he's – I mean he won't even tell people his age. He, he doesn't tell that publicly. But like he's – all these people, it took them time to get there. So it doesn't happen overnight. And for you, so you you actually – let's talk about this. You actually are going to be working with Gary Vaynerchuk, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I mean that's that's going to be fun and surreal. Like this you know, May come May, I'll be working with him. Um, and you know, in terms of what capacity yet, um, we still need to go over the fine print and figure out the specific role. Um, but you know, the relationship that Gary and I have had are just – it's just been – it's surreal to think that a year ago I was just a fan of his. And now, honestly, I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll agree with me on this, but we can both call each other a friend. You know, like not very good friends, but 
we definitely have bumped into each other into each other enough times that we've been able to talk and, and so have let me ask a you great this. conversation. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I have a, a friend, Horace Reese, who ended up be- becoming an intern for him last summer. Now they work together. Mm-hmm. How did you build a relationship with Gary Vaynerchuk? What did you do to get to the point where you can work with him? I mean – I, I I reached out to him, you know, like that's the it's a, it's a single way of how I was able to meet him in the first place back in August, right? Is I was super persistent in terms of trying to reach out to him and literally being very clear on what my goals were, why I wanted to meet with him. I think a lot of people just message him being like, "Hey Gary, I want to meet you." Not a lot of people put the why in there, why I want to meet you, what I can take away. And I was persistent about it, meaning that like for about three months straight on Instagram, on Twitter, on email, and on Facebook, I engaged with him. Everywhere I could, I emailed him. I tweeted at him. I commented on Instagram whenever he had an Instagram Live video, right? The first time he actually ever responded to me was on Instagram Live. He sent nice. me a heart, right? He sent me a heart, and that was like the the like the crazy aspect of my day, which made me realize, like, holy crap, you know, I'm one step closer to getting this guy's attention. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, and when eventually, then when I was able to meet him in New York at his office and sat down with him, um, which, you know, the meeting is posted online as well on his YouTube channel, which which is just awesome. That was a great, great stepping stone because I think one thing that I knew is I'm not going to leverage this guy. I'm not going to ask him for anything like people normally do because what I want to do is I want to be able to build a long-term relationship with something like like like, like him, you know? So what did, what did and you I wanna, tell him? Because, you know, that's a good point. I teach this. A lot of yeah. people – they reach out and they ask for something. You yep. you need to add value to him. So what did you in the meeting like? What did you talk about? I mean, I talked about his principles. You know, I talked about his principles and I grounded them within my life. You know, I brought that young entrepreneur perspective and told them that these are the struggles that young entrepreneurs are facing. How can we learn about self awareness? How can we stay motivated all the time when we also have to do schoolwork? When we also have to do other things like that. And a lot of his answers, I'll tell you, were cutthroat, right? They were to my face. The first answer he gave me was when I asked that question about staying motivated all the time, he literally looked me in the eye and said, if you're not staying motivated all the time about what you're doing, you're not doing something that you're passionate about. Literally to my face told me that. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so I think it's great. I just love how real he is, you know, and just is a person. And more importantly, I think – a lot of times people just watch maybe one of his videos and think he's like this egotistical, overconfident brat who's like trying to tell people what they should do in life. But he's not. But if you re- yeah, if you really go into the deep fine print, if you really go deep into watching more of his videos, you realize that Gary is hugely empathetic, that a lot of what he does – you know, he, he's losing money by doing it. You know, he doesn't have to spend all this time on calls and helping people out and interacting with his followers. But not only is he doing it because he wants to build his own base up, but more importantly, he's doing it because he's able to build legacy, right? And that's the most important to him. And I think that's the most important to most people who want to be successful is they care more about legacy than they do money and fame and power. Legacy and buying the Jets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, literally. So... So this has been fun, uh, Switch, going through this. So before we wrap up, I want to – I'll have you. You can ask me one more question. I'll ask you one sure. more and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll do the kind of ending here. But uh, what is uh, – what's one more – one question you want to ask me? So I mean the one question I want to ask you, the question I've always had the, the greatest struggle answering, which is um, in your mind for Brandon, what is the good life? The good life, yeah. So I mean – the good life to me is the life I'm living now. Um, the good life is I I enjoy what I do and I'm passionate about it. And I'm like Gary Vee said is I'm always motivated every single day to do it and mm-hmm. just to get better and to create great things and also make an impact in people's lives. And it's like a it the whole our whole life is obstacles, a game. And how are you going to make your next move that gets you closer to? I mean. Not only is winning the game, but getting better in the game and and mastering it. So for me, like doing something that people they notice that is great work and growing yourself as a human being, and that's in all areas of your life. Not only like knowledge, but uh, yes, wealth, but fitness, mental. Like I work out, I I try to stay healthy. I, I want to be the best human being I can be, and and love. Like I'm a great girlfriend. I have I have the things that <clears throat> I want. 
and just always becoming better in those areas of my life. And then also for my work, again, I, I want to always keep getting better until the day I die. And a lot of people, I don't, I, like, I don't know how people retire. Like I love what I do and I will do it until I die. And I will just always be getting better and I'm always learning and I do want to create legacy. So I guess that is, that is what I guess I would call, um, whatever you were asking me <laughs> the good the good life the good, the good 11, life the good life 11, i mean that, that's a good life 10. man i mean that's yeah. a good life and for you just keep doing what you're doing honestly mm-hmm. but like enjoying along the way too because sometimes i i stop and think like because i'm working all the time and i'll stop and like you know what i want to get this experience i'm gonna not look at my phone for the next how many hours and i'm gonna go like for example my girlfriend and i went to uh Event, what did we go to? Uh, we went to not Dis- we went to Disney World prior <laughs> because my niece came in. But we went to Universal Studios and we enjoyed the whole day. We just had fun, and you know what? That experience was great. It was for Valentine's Day, but also it also made me think bigger because I saw these huge things like these rides and stuff. I'm like, these are made by human beings. Like people thought big enough to create that. At that point, I realized like. I was already brainstorming in my head how to create something bigger in my business um, mm-hmm. just from that experience. So get them experiences. But that's a, that's a great question. For me to ask you, what is your, your best advice for young entrepreneurs? I mean you're 19 for teenagers or, or young entrepreneurs. What's the best advice for them to take to be able to find their happiness or success in business or even to get out there? Yeah, no, there's two things. I think it kind of sums up the conversation we've had here, which is one, start somewhere. You know, stop planning, stop dreaming, stop thinking, you know, go and, and just do things, you know, whether that be a small nonprofit that you start in order to dabble your feet in entrepreneurship and learn a bit about it, um, or coming up with a community club that you're able to connect people to and, you know, learn a little more about marketing. Just start small projects and start somewhere because the way that you're able to build those experiences up is very similar to building a resume. You know, when you're building a resume, you don't just go out and say, I'm going to go and work for the UN and like, bam, you know, like put that on your resume. The way you build your resume up is by going through a lot of smaller initiatives and a lot of smaller projects and then getting to the point where you're able then to access opportunities like the UN. But the problem is too many people in my generation right now are dreaming about high lofty goals, which is great. You should always dream. You should always be a dreamer. But you also need to be a practitioner, right? That's what Gary says as well. That's what you know Tony Robbins says as well, is that execution is what everything comes down to. And that's something that I think I learned when I was at a younger age because I was born in Singapore in a cutthroat environment, a competitive environment, where if you didn't do you fell out of relevancy and you fell out of like any sort of opportunities that other people are granted. The second thing too is, you know, as much as possible adapting to what life brings to you. And I think this can also be placed into a very business context. I mean, understand that Facebook was an accident, right? Like Facebook started off as basically a software that allowed men to rape girls. You know, other applications or other products like Coke even. Coke started off as cup syrup and then one day someone was like, okay, well, it's not curing anything, but it sure tastes good. And in eight months, they rebranded their business, right? Adapting is key, especially I think in the time we live in now where, you know, social media and industries are all rapidly changing. It's just so important to always figure out what's the next big thing. Stick with it, but always realize that you want to put yourself into a position of relevancy two to three to four years down the road. And the way you do that is just becoming aware of what's happening and where things are headed. Because I read an article yesterday that was talking about how like many college graduates are going into jobs that in five to ten years might not exist. And that scared the crap out of me, right? So for me, at least, I know that whatever decisions I make, I'm positioning myself not only to win now, but I'm positioning myself to win in two to three to five to ten years from now. Um, so, yeah, putting yourself out there, adapting, and I think, you know, most importantly, also just making sure to start somewhere and doing are, are the key pieces of advice I would get. Dude, that's some good stuff, man. What, where can people find you? <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. My hash, my sorry, not my hashtag. My handle is GoSwish, G O S W I S H. What about you? Nice, nice man. Do you have a one quick thing? Do you have an ending that you do on your shows? 
Uh, on my shows, I normally have an ending. Um, the the ending is you're watching the Ask Rafiki show. Go out and make a change. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, that's what we do. Nice. Yeah. Well, I will. There's your ending, and my ending is this. Uh, I'm Brennan C. Adams. If you guys want to find me, BT Adams 18 on Snapchat. If you want to see some other cool stuff, you can go to livetogrind.com. And to end things off, it is this way. We all have something great in life. We all have a gift. We just need to go out and use it and work our ass off and and make it happen. And I believe we all should go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show with Swish. You know, that was that was a lot of fun. I don't remember the last time I did something like that where we just kind of went back and forth and well, both interviewed each other. But it was cool to see a young entrepreneur and specifically a younger version of myself. He's 19 years old and he's ahead of the game. And, you know, it's cool to see what he's doing. And the one takeaway I want you to get from this show is this. Go out there and do stuff. Put yourself out there. Go after the opportunities. Nobody's going to give it to you. It's not going to lay in your lap. You have to go out and get it. Get yourself dirty. Just just emerge yourself. And that's what Switch is doing and doing some big things right now. And I, I can only imagine what he's going to be doing here in the next five years. I'm looking forward to seeing him grow. So be sure to connect with him and also go over to BrandonCAdams.com. Check out the show notes on the show and have all the links there and all the different things for you guys to, to be able to get access to. So that is it for today's show, everyone. You know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.